back to Mage Hand High Five. I'm your Dungeon Master, Casey Pappas, and with me are our players, ranked least to most likely I trust them with my death saves. Max Weinberg. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm Max Weinberg playing Stump Steenling, and uh, that really checks out. <laughs> Sarah McStay. Hi, I'm Sarah McStay playing Salome Briar, who probably wouldn't even trust herself with her own death saves, so uh, that checks out. <laughs> and Robin Langenhop. <laughs> Robin Langenhop playing Hayden Kincaid, and yes, I only roll poorly when it's funny. Ooh. <laughs> and I really hope that continues to be true because I may have just screwed myself yeah, over for the rest that of time. Is tempting Knock on fate. some wood, please. Yeah, you gotta get some salt and sprinkle it around or something, man. You gotta figure that out. <laughs> And that's why I keep Epsom salts in the closet with me where I record. <laughs> yeah, just in case you jinx yourself and you got to get right with God before you record. <laughs> I'm really close with the Morton girl with the umbrella. We're besties. Yeah, she's Robin's warlock patron. <laughs> yeah, with that, why don't we dive right in? <laughs> Last time on Mage Hand High Five, you met Philomena Fiddlefaddle a Dwerger woman living in Ford Falls Mine. She filled you in on her lousy neighbors, the cult of the Red-Eyed God. She confirmed that the door speaks through images and offered to lead the group in a faster route to the door. Along the way, you stopped for cream corn and Philomena filled you in on the crackering, a catastrophic event that destroyed the Ford Falls economy, along with half of Ford Falls. The group reached the main cavern, finding a mining camp, and seeing the door for the first time. A vast metal door with a glowing red light at its center. Unbeknownst to the rest of the group, it matched Stump's amulet exactly. The group resolved to blow up some of the firepowder crates near the camp to seal off the entrance and keep the other explosives from arriving. In doing so, they started a fight with Mordric, the head of the miners, but succeeded in blowing up the crates and sealing off the entrance. As Mordric ready to kill Stump in the fallout, an unknown assailant shot him. The figure stepped forward, revealing himself as the assassin pursuing Stump and asking for the amulet. So, where we stand now. You are all three standing in the midst of this cavern. Stump, you are farther away from the rest of the group. You're about 40, 50 feet from the rest of the group. Uh, Salome and Hayden, there are miners blown around. Some of them have gotten up and have fled. Uh, some of them have run over and knelt in front of the door. You do not see Philomena at all. Mm. Great. I want to have eyes on her at all times. Well, I know she said she could go invisible. From the darkness steps this assassin. They are clad all in black. They wear a silver mask over their face. That is the image of a crying man. Ooh, that's spooky. <laughs> and in their hands is a cocked crossbow pointed at stump. And from behind the mask, you hear the words, Enough game." Hand it over. Stump, since you are directly facing this assassin, you see that there is, like, from how they're holding the crossbow, you can see under their robes a little bit, you see some bandages in their side. 
where they have patched up a wound. Uh, it's one HP. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my hands up and move, as I have my hands up, move kind of behind, more, get Mordric's body between us, you know, hopefully getting a little bit of cover okay. and shout, what does she want with this? What does she want from me? She wants the amulet. I do too, so it seems we're at an impasse. You forfeit your wants long ago. Now, everybody, I think we're going to need to hang on for just one moment. And Hayden steps into this situation, crossbow out and at the ready, and says, Now, I understand that we have two competing interests here, but unfortunately, the stranger has their own claim on the amulet. Now, if you'd like to get into a competition here, feel free. But to understand, you will lose. And you will die. Roll intimidation. I would love to. <laughs> well, with a two, oh. that's a seven. <laughs> What's that about Hayden only rolling poorly? It's funny. Mm. When it's funny. <laughs> okay, you cursed yourself. I have. Congratulations. You didn't knock on wood. Nope. The assassin <laughs> turns to you. The crossbow is still trained on stump. Head turns. The stranger, is it? I've heard of you. It's interesting that you're all the way out here. Is this your bounty? It's my bounty when I decide it's my bounty, friend. You should know that if you know that name. Hmm. What if we struck a bargain? Does the bargain end with me getting what I want and you getting out of my face? <laughs> the bargain ends with us both getting what we want. I'm listening. I'm not adverse to splitting our claims on this amulet. Whatever she's paying you and whatever she's paying me can be split equally. Why do you presume that we have the same employer? The assassin pauses and goes, Oh, <laughs> so you're just bluffing. Look, I'm standing right here in front of you. I'm not sneaking around behind your back trying to stab you while you aren't paying attention. I'm not trying to distract you from some other individual who might be able to get behind you and take care of this business while we're having our conversation. <laughs> There's no one of that sort in this room doing that at this exact moment. I'm having an honest conversation one hunter to another. <laughs> the assassin cocks their head and goes, that's a very oddly specific turn of phrase, but I can, ah! And then, yes! <laughs> becoming visible, you see, you Perfect. see, Philomena has swung their their pickaxe and embedded it into the assassin's calf. <laughs> the arrow flies. Stump, I need you to make a deck save. There's no way that's coming anywhere near me. Oh, so much confidence for somebody with one HP. That's a two. Plus five. That's a that's a or that's a five total. Everybody cleanse your dice. <laughs> the arrow nicks you on the ear as it flies past. I rolled a four. Oh, 
Philomena pulls out her pickaxe and trains it over the assassin's head and says, All right, you drop that crossbow or things are going to get real messy. (laughs) Oh, Philomena, are we ever excited to see you? My opinions are changing. Hayden, she's been perfect this whole time. I would do anything for my new friends. I really appreciate that right now. Wait, Casey, are we in initiative right now? Uh, you're not an initiative. The assassin drops their crossbow. Oh, great. Okay. Um, can I either chug a potion or cure wounds myself? Whichever you'd prefer. <laughs> I'm thinking we might be able to get some temporary allies here. Um, so I'm going to walk over and lay hands on Mordric for like one HP. Okay. Um, so I heal him for one and then I kind of lean in gently and say, hey, uh, Mordric, hey, listen, I know we kind of been at each other's throats here for a minute, but uh, it seems like there's somebody here who wants to kill all of us. Uh, so what do you reckon we kind of work together on this and then hash out this whole red-eyed god business as soon as this fella's gone? Mordric's eyes snap open. He sort of goes, uh, <laughs> hey, sh- 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 hey, look, you're okay. Why don't you just sit tight right there? You take a load off. My friend's taking cover behind you. As soon as all this is over, we'll sit down and have a conversation, okay? He's... He sort of nods, but you don't really know for sure that, like, he's caught anything that you're saying. <laughs> I mean, hey, we might kill each other later, but at least we got time now. Great. So Philomena has this assassin pickaxe aimed at their face. And I've absolutely not dropped my crossbow. I am still trained on them. Yes. Stump is going to get up and go walk over and pick up this person's crossbow. Okay. And say, how'd you find me? It wasn't easy. You did well in hiding. We did not think that you would hide yourself in the mountains to the north of Threed. So close. Do I recognize this person? You don't know. There's a mask on. You haven't seen this mask before. Oh, I I take off the mask. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You pull the mask off and there is a human male in his mid to late 30s rugged jaw salt and pepper hair so they would have been a kid can i roll to see if i recognize the man or the mask sure yeah likewise i guess i guess it's good to just see if he's familiar um what would be the skill history yeah i guess history Uh, like kind of a personal history that's uh 17 for hayden nice okay 16 salome you're in high social circles And you know that there is a market in Threed, particularly for people with money, for getting rid of things that are in your way. And by things, I mean people. Yeah, I kind of figured. Most assassins don't leave calling cards. They don't want to be known. Hayden, you know this as well. With a 17, you would know for a fact that, like, that you wouldn't know who this person is. Because okay. if you did, they would be very bad at their jobs. Yep. I'm going to, uh, guy with the mask, stay right there. Philomena, please keep your uh, pickaxe where it is. Uh, you, you ain't got to tell me once. <laughs> <laughs> well, Philomena, oh, I love Thanks. you. <laughs> um, so I know who sent him, and I would love to... Send something back, if you know what I'm kind of saying. Oh, yeah, you talking like a finger? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. 
I don't know if that's going to be really noticeable. Oh, you know, I mean, like, you know, I was thinking if you send them back a finger, it's like they don't know what happened to the rest of them. It's kind of a whole intimidation thing. Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think she cares about this individual. Oh, yeah, that's fair. So we're going to kill him right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Lovely. And uh, oh, wait, stop. You got any more questions to ask? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hey, uh, assassin guy. uh, Do you have do you have any idea what you're after besides just an amulet? I'm not paid to know details. I'm paid to succeed. And mm. you were paid you were paid by an old friend of mine. Am I, am I right in that thinking? He shrugs. Okay, uh, screw it. Let's just kill him. <laughs> As you say that stump, all conversation stops as you hear softly at first, but deeply like the growl of a sleeping beast, a rumbling from beneath you. It grows louder quickly, encompassing all of the room in a matter of seconds. And then with a mighty crack, the floor splinters in two, lengthwise dividing the room from door to cave-in. Dirt and rocks begin falling from the ceiling. Philomena screams, Oh God, the crackering, it's happening again. All of you roll initiative. Ooh, no, it's the crackering part two. Oh, I should, oh, sorry. I also healed myself for seven, so I'm at eight HP right now. I use cure wounds. Okay, nice. Back. Awesome, good to know. Uh, Stump. That's a uh, 19. Salome? <laughs> Nine. Hayden. 18. Wow. I beat Hayden? (laughs) Very nice. I'm glad y'all are fast. Man, Hayden's rolling terribly today. (laughs) Don't rub it in. First in the initiative, (laughs) on a nat 20. The crack ring. The assassin pulls out a vial and drinks it and vanishes. Stump. This isn't very good. Your turn. Oh my god. Stump, just to describe the scene, the assassin vanishes. Philomena is freaking out. Some of the miners have fallen into this quickly growing crack in the center of the room. The only thing that doesn't seem to be insane or responding to what's going on right now is the door, which continues to pulsate with the same red glow. So I'm going to use my finder's goggles, which is my uh, one of my magic is my magic item to uh, basically make an insight check into the crossbow, the assassin's crossbow. And then if I get beat a DC 13 insight check, I can cast locate creature to see where the assassin went because they're the last creature to touch it. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's so, so good. good. Do it. Um, and that's my action. That's a 16 insight check. Yes. yes. <laughs> where is he? Where'd he go? You snap down your goggles, glance around, and in the distance, you see a figure running away down the tunnel you came in. You see they're, they're sort of outlined in sort of green magic. And you see that this assassin has taken this opportunity to get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, I know the assassin just went invisible, but uh, he's, 
running away down the the tunnel we just came out of. Honestly, probably not a terrible idea to follow suit just to get out of here as well. Yeah, there's a hole in the floor. As you say this, a bit of the ceiling collapses into the ravine. Oof. Uh, and some of the miners fall into the into the ravine. Okay, yeah, no, time to go. Uh, so I'm going to use my bonus action to take a potion and then... What you drinking? Oh, a healing potion. Um, oh, okay. a basic healing potion. <laughs> uh, that's my last one. And then I'm going to start moving 30 feet towards the tunnel we came out of. Right. Hayden. Question. Yes. Is the assassin actually invisible or was that more of a misty step pop away and is currently visible? Uh, full-blown invisible. All righty. Well, since this is the first round of combat, I get an extra 10 feet as I recall. So I'm going to take my full movement and dash. So that would get me 80 feet down the path. And I'm just kind of hoping that I crash into this fella along the way. Okay. Yeah, you full dash down the tunnel. Stump, you full dashed? No, I can only go 30 feet. Okay, so you move 30 feet. Uh, Hayden is 50 feet in front of you into the tunnel. Salome. Your turn. Oh, yeah. Um, as everyone's kind of running around, uh, I'm going to look back and use a divine sense on the door. Hmm. Um, so that'll tell me if there's a fiend, a celestial or undead within 60 feet, not behind total cover. Um, am I within 60 feet of the door? I'll say yes, you are within 60 feet. Okay, yeah. So I'm just going to burn a quick divine sense just to try to see what's going on with the door before we get out of here. Okay. Hmm. It's weird. You don't pick up any, like energy solidified like as a as a creature mm, okay the door itself is permeated with celestial energy oh so we might be looking at a real god situation um okay uh well i'm gonna hurry up and just run out the door with everybody else um is it possible to use like a bonus action or something like that to try to help Mordrick along or hurry Mordrick along with us? Uh, yeah. You look over and Mordrick is like slowly struggling to his feet. He doesn't seem fully aware of what's happening. Yeah. Like he was just sort of clutched from the afterlife (laughs) and is now like in the midst of chaos. So he is struggling to his feet and does not really understand what's happening. Yeah, okay. I mean, I just try to get right up under his arm um, and get as far with him as I can okay. and just be like, hey, honey, come on, Raz and Chad, we got to get out of here. Yeah, you do that on her turn. Uh, you see Philomena sort of like sweep in under his other arm and she goes, I'm I'm following your lead, dear heart. Oh, thank you, Philomena. I appreciate you. Thanks. Are we, are we like taking him away to kill him later? You know what? Honestly, I don't know. Cool. Uh, we're taking him definitely for a conversation, maybe to kill later. Okay. Hey, <laughs> you know, I'll kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure seems that way. Hey, I'm glad you're on our side. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Great. You make it 30 feet up the tunnel. Cool. Then it is. Um, I'm going to need one of you. Let's say uh, Hayden. Yes. I'm going to need you to roll a D4. Uh, D4. All right. Roll the good option. That's a two. Great. Uh, As you are running, you can't see the assassin. You have come into the tunnel at this point. You look ahead and about, I'd say, 
five feet in front of you, you see sort of one of those structures that are in the mine, sort of the two beams holding up a, a cross beam to hold up the mine ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. And you see it is buckling under the weight and seems like it is ready to collapse. Ooh. And it is Ooh, it is the only way out. Got it. Okay. Well, there's not much I can do with that information because I don't have any spell slots left. So... What you can do... You can, in this situation, make a dex save to move past it or a strength save in an attempt to bolster it. With each successful dex save, it is going to get harder for the next person. Does a strength save have an effect like that? Uh, On a successful strength save, you will make it easier for the next people to go. Fuck it. I'm leaving it. Okay. (laughs) As long as there's enough time for my people to get through, I don't care. Okay. Uh, Roll a dex save. That's a 24. Great. Yeah, you (laughs) dip under it. Uh, Do you continue dashing down the tunnel? I will stay and use my action to give the help action to whoever comes up behind me. Okay, great. I will say that, uh, Stump, you're next in the uh, order. Mm -hmm. You have come up on the tunnel entrance about the same time that Salome has shown up with with Mordric and Philomena. What do you do? I'm going to just full dash. You full dash. uh, You come upon the same structure that is collapsing. Uh, Dex or strength save? Dex. (laughs) 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 Not even going to tempt. So do I have to take, Hayden, are you just giving the help action just automatically? Unless you think I should save it for Salome. Yeah. <laughs> I do have zero to dex. Then, yeah, I'll, you go for it. I'll hold for Salome. Uh, that's a 13. You see the structure beginning to buckle under the weight. You see you see cracks appearing in the wood uh, as you roll under it. Oof. It's okay, friend. I got you. <laughs> Salome, this structure is about 30 feet away now. Great. Does that mean that Hayden and Stump are about 30 feet away as well? Yes. They're about 35 Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to run the first, like, 10 feet of my movement, and then I'm going to cast Bless on Hayden, Stump, and myself. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to add an extra D4 to saving throws uh, and attack rolls if you make them for the next minute or, or until I lose concentration. Thank you kindly. Yeah, well, let's hope we get out of here. Uh, and I'm going to keep keep on running the rest of my movement with Philomena and, oh, God, Mordric, trying to get Mordric through here. Okay. Dex or strength save? Yeah, definitely strength. Uh, I'm going to try to make it easier for Mordric and Philomena. um, And that's with advantage, right? Yes. Yes. Great. Okay. Ooh, that's an 18. Great. You sort of flatten your back against the one of the pillars that's buckling. You press it back against the wall and push your hands upward, um, successfully cracking this beam back into place. (laughs) Ooh, y'all, I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) It's a little bit of a, oh, well, that's uh, kind of fun. For everyone. everyone sort of goes, oh, huh, wow. <laughs> so now Mordric and Philomena need to make their deck saves as they go under. Mordric saves. You see Mordric stumble underneath, and Philomena saves as well. Uh, she does sort of a like a sort of a ninja roll just uh, under it, and then meets y'all on the other side and says, "What are we waiting for, Slowpokes? Let's get out." <laughs> I was waiting for you, <laughs> Salome. I have to say that this whole Wearing a frilly dress, but also being buff as shit. I am very on board with this aesthetic. 
<laughs> you know what? Thank you, Hayden. I kind of like it myself. I think I might stick with it. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, great. Next, Salome. Yeah. Roll a d4. Okay. <laughs> oh, do I just see the assassin just running away? Yeah, you see they are continuing to book it down the tunnel. Great. They are like, they're disappearing in the distance. Uh, that's a three. That is a three. Okay. As you come out from under this threshold, it begins to buckle behind you. And you all get out from under it as it collapses entirely, uh, sealing the door behind you. Honestly, good news. As you rush forward, Salome, you hear a... As you step on oh, a piece shit. of ground that sinks. Oh, sorry, y'all. All of you make deck saving throws. Add a d4. Great. Add a d4. Get down. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, 14. Okay. 27. <laughs> <laughs> Holy guacamole. Ooh, all right, Hayden didn't even need bless. Uh, Stump. So on the d4, I rolled a four, but on my d20, I rolled a three. Oh, so that's a no. seven. So that's a seven. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how Mordrick and Philomena did. Okay. You see arrows fly out of the wall from a trap. Stump, you feel a stinging as one of these arrows catches you just above the hip. Uh-huh. You're going to take... Ah, God damn it. <laughs> right in the ass. God, it's right in my old scar. <laughs> uh, you're going to take one piercing damage and three poison damage. Ooh, still up? Oh, yeah, I'm up to 16. Well, I'm going to be a little lower than 16, but... Oh, good, okay. Honey, are yep. you are you offended by being carried? Because we could take you the rest of the way out of this. No, I'm fine. Don't 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 you carry me. Um, <laughs> Y'all, I think I might be kind of strong. I could probably carry out if you needed it. <laughs> you are lifting two people already, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Hayden, it is your turn. Uh, absolutely, I keep booking it. Great. So that's another 60? Uh, yeah, another 60 feet down the tunnel. Stump, booking it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Salome. Yep, full dash. Okay, great. Stump, roll a d4. That's a one. That's a one. Okay. Uh, in the distance, Stump, you see a, a section of the ceiling sort of caves in, uh, and you see these massive rocks come spilling out and come rolling down the tunnel towards you. Ooh. You have two options. You can make a dex save to dive out of the way of these rocks, or you can make a strength save in an attempt to smash through it. I'm gonna uh, make a deck save. Go for it. So, oh, and I'm blessed. Oh yeah. Yeah. That bless was clutch. Oh yeah, I love bless. Got a twelve. Okay. What the rest of you roll? Well, I'm gonna use my dexterity to just legolas run right up over this rock as it comes at me. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, it's dex or Incredible. or what? Uh, strength dex or strength. Okay. In an attempt to just smash right through it. Oh yeah, we're trying to smash. <laughs> <laughs> Said Salome, yeah. never. No. <laughs> Next up on Ace and Afraid. <laughs> That's a 26 for Hayden. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's a 21 strength. Okay, great. <laughs> Let me roll for the two remaining. Ooh, ooh, boy. So how this, how this goes. Uh, Stump, you dodge out of the way. You are clipped by a rock just barely. 
you're gonna take one slashing damage as this thing slashes past you. Yeah, it's well, it's a sharp rock. It's like it's moving at fast speeds. It's gonna slash right past you. So you take one. Hayden, you elven flip over this thing <laughs> uh, as it comes. Uh, Keep in Sol- mind, I still look like a knoll right now, so it's just a hyena running up <laughs> over the rock. Yeah. Wow, it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Majestic. And uh, Salome, you sort of buckle down with your shield, and this rock explodes as you smash through it. Oh, yeah, all right. Must be nice. Salome, you do see out of the corner of your eye, Philomena sort of whips out of the way of the rock. Uh, the rock catches Mordric dead on. Ooh, yeah. Oh, well, he's dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was at one HP. Yeah, uh, he, like, the, the rock catches him dead on, rolls over him and continues, and he is he's lying prone. Okay. So, uh, from the top, that is... Oh, wait, Stump, I think you were supposed to move before Hayden earlier, and that's my fault. Yep, that's fine. Uh, sorry about that. We're all, f- I think we're... You're all in a similar boat. We're all friends here. I'm full dashing. Okay, Stump's full dashing. Hayden. I don't want Salome to get too far behind, so I'm gonna use my movement, but just for the hell of it, I'm gonna fire into the open space and see if I just happen to hit the assassin. Okay. So rolling with disadvantage. Yeah, roll with disadvantage. And I still get the bless with this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a blessed <All> disadvantage. Right. <laughs> That's a 16. You loose an arrow. You see it sail down the tunnel. There's not really a way that you can know that it hits its target because there's so much happening. Like the the roof is caving in, there's dust and rocks falling. But in your heart, you know (laughs) that this arrow hit. Just deep down. You you know. I just feel the grunt of pain. Incredible. Oh, and also that's, just so you know, that's a 13 damage. Good to know. Okay. Yeah, you feel all 13 damage in your heart. <laughs> it's a very intimate 13 damage. Yeah. <laughs> Salome, do you run back to help Mordrick? How far away is he? Uh, he's he's like he's like five feet behind you. Like yeah. he's not far. Yeah, we gotta help him. Um, I I stop to help him and I just shout out, I'm, "Y'all, I'm sorry, I'm right behind you, but I think we really gotta talk to this fella." Um, and then I bring him up for another HP and keep running. Okay, cool. Yeah, he struggles to his feet. And as you get him up, he says, why are you doing this? Well, Mordrick, it just, it seems like we ought to have a conversation, okay? Okay. I, I mean, you, you brought up your family and, and look, I got missing family too. And it just seems like there's a lot more to all this for you. And I, I just think we need to talk about it. If we both get out of this alive, I will tell you everything I know. Yeah, all right, sure. But first things first, let's get out of this alive. Run. <laughs> and then we take off. <laughs> yeah, he just, he books it as well. You are now sort of approaching the part of the tunnel where uh, Philomena jumped down. You're past the rest area. You're past that rope bridge. You're now sort of climbing out of that tunnel that she initially disappeared into to take the shortcut. And so now you are in that sort of main tunnel where the cart was continuing down. And so the ways out, or the the ways to continue, there is the pathway to the left, which continues back to where you were with the train, and the pathway to the right that seems to delve deeper into the mines. As you are getting your bearings, you look and the passageway to the left collapses in. 
Oh, hell. Philomena, you know another way out of here? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I do know, I know these tunnels like the back of my hand, and I, what the fuck? She looks at her hand and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> you find something new on there? <laughs> you want endless yeah. fountain of confidence. <laughs> she sort of scratches, she goes, oh, that's a booger. All right, we're going to head this way. And she scurries down the tunnel. God, my opinion of you oscillates like a fucking metronome, girl. <laughs> she says, I'm a very polarizing person. Look, I love you. <laughs> you all sort of clamor um, as she's navigating these tunnels. You see her make snap decisions as parts of tunnels collapse in front of her. Okay, we're going this way instead. Uh, and ducks down a different tunnel. Question. Yes. Since I have some tracking abilities and survival skills, can I grant Philomena advantage on her navigation just to make sure that we do, in fact, get out? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Also, while we're stopped here, it, it, feel free to say no to this, but is there any way that I could maybe roll something to try to transfer the bless off of me and onto Mordric? Ooh. Uh, what is your spellcasting ability? Charisma? Charisma. Okay. Yeah. Let's say a uh, charisma check of 13, and you can switch it. Okay. Oh, that's a 14. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the bless changes from Salome to Mordric. Okay, Mordric seems to be a little lighter on his feet now, and you feel sort of that same lightness lift off of you. Um, so now it's it, you feel like it's going to be a little bit tougher for you to get places. All right, Mordrick, you better be worth saving. <laughs> <laughs> Great. As you all are uh, headed down this tunnel, you all enter this massive room. There is a path leading directly forward. To your left is a solid wall that sort of scales upward into the darkness. To your right is a cliff face. Just a sheer drop-off. You cannot see the ground beyond it. It disappears into nothingness. And Philomena says, all right, this way, and rushes without hesitation onto this sort of narrow path and rushes along it. We follow right behind her. Great. This ledge is about wide enough for you to go single file. So what is your order? Can we put Stump maybe in the middle so that he can kind of have some cover? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the lead. Okay. Great. I'll go back. That works okay. for me, I guess. So it is Philomena, Hayden, Stump, Mordric, Salome, or Salome Mordric. Yeah, let's go Mordric Salome so that I can still keep an eye on him. Yeah, you. Uh, he doesn't. Like, he seems fully focused on surviving right now. Mm -hmm. You see uh, a couple of rocks skitter past your path and sort of down into the inky darkness to your right. And as you're moving forward, you hear from behind you, So, the elf betrayed us. What? <laughs> Salome, you turn around and see at the entrance where you came in, a rather nasty creature. It has the face of a person, the head of a badger, oh, yeah. and the body of a horse. 
How's its neck? <laughs> yes, its it's neck is thick. Oh, no. <laughs> also, the elf? Who's the elf? Stump's turn. How far away is it from us? Uh, it's about 30 feet. How how big is it? Like, so is, would you say that this is a large creature or maybe a huge? <laughs> it's large. It's large. Would you say that it's, it... It is the size of a horse. It's the size of a horse. So... A horse probably wouldn't fit too well on this path we're on if we have to go single file. It's just wide enough. Like, this might qualify as difficult terrain for it, but it can still fit. I'm going to grab about half my bag of ball bearings. (laughs) Yes. So about 500 ball bearings. This has never happened in D&D before. (laughs) And I'm going to... (laughs) <laughs> like spray them all along the track behind all of us as an action you can spill these tiny metal balls from their pouch to cover a level uh, a level square area that is 10 feet on a side uh, a creature moving across the covered area must succeed on a DC 10 deck saving throw or fall prone and a creature moving through the area at half speed does not need to make the save <laughs> okay well so okay so here's the thing behind you are Mordric and Salome I'm so, hoping that they're close enough that I can get it past them that the majority of the... Or I'll can, just, like, crawl through their can, legs like, or something. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of... You duck between Mordric's legs. And he just and he just goes, okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you're temporarily blinded by all the, like, frills and tool in Salome's dress. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do something about this tool we get out of this goddamn cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just toss all of these ball bearings along the track. Uh, the Lucrota sees this and goes, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stump, I think you made Come him mad. Come get me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so it's already at half speed? Yeah, I like it would have to go at like a quarter of its speed, I think. Oh, nice. <laughs> to, like, to, to make it through that. So, um, yeah, you pitch all of these ball bearings onto the onto the track. Uh, the Lucrota is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you do on your turn? Do you, what do you do? Uh, that's my action. I'm going to start moving. I'm in the middle, so I can't even... Can I still move down the path? Or Yeah, uh, like this is all sort of happening like within seconds of each other. So you, uh, you're just you're moving up the path with everyone else. Yeah. I guess predicated on whether Hayden just, like, stops in their tracks. Yeah. I'll just kind of stay with the group. Uh, cool. Next in the order is Hayden. I'd like to propose some shenanigans. <laughs> I'm open to shenanigans. I love that. <laughs> Do it. So, Do it up. <laughs> I want to... Well, number one, is my hunter's mark that I started when we were first at the door still going? It lasts an hour. I will say that you are about... 50 minutes into that. So okay. like you have about, you've, you've got 10 minutes left. So I want to bonus action, move my Hunter's Mark onto the Lucrota. Okay. And then here's, here's my shenanigan. Oh boy. I want to fire my crossbow specifically at the front leg that is closest to the edge of the chasm, hoping that that, combined with the ball bearings all over, would cause a deck save to keep 
from tumbling off into the abyss. I think for that to happen, I will increase the Lucrota's AC. And okay. if you still hit it, I will roll to see if it pitches into the cavern. Got it. Okay. <laughs> However, just know there are other people in your path. So you will be doing this at disadvantage. We'll see what happens. I've got my uh, my little bit of bless from you. Hey, sure do. That's a dirty 20. Does that do it? Does a dirty 20 hit? Does it do it? AC to beat, 19. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Roll damage. That's 11 damage. That is a good chunk of change. Yeah, it is. it's not looking great already. So combined with the ball bearings, let's make the DC to beat a 13. If it beats a 13, it stays where it is. All right. If it doesn't beat a 13, it falls. That's a six. Oh. Yes. <laughs> you watch. Oh, you love to see it. As the arrow flies, it pierces it in sort of its upper right leg. It attempts to regain its balance, trips on a ball bearing, sort of slides out from underneath it, <laughs> and it pitches into the canyon, oh. roaring as it goes all the way down. Bye-bye, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, y'all know what elf he was talking about? We have so much to chat about at a later time. Yeah, let's keep on running. You all make a break for it. You come to the end of this room. It, co it goes back into a tunnel. The tunnel rounds, and you see the light. Oh, hopefully the light of day and not the light of a spooky red door. You all book it and emerge from the exit of this tunnel. It is the light of dusk. Ooh. So you break forth from this tunnel. The cool air hits you. And you you feel it's that moment where you're sweat, you like you're sweaty, but you don't know until a breeze hits you and you go, oh, <laughs> Mordrick, I hope that's you. <laughs> You look behind you and the dust has sort of settled. The entrance has not collapsed, but you don't know how far in these mines have collapsed. Now that we're kind of at a spot where we can stop, is do, do I still have the assassin blipped? You are breathing raggedly. You have both hands on your knees and then the thought occurs to you that there is a professional murderer. That's his job. That's what he does. And so <laughs> you, you quickly glance around in the hopes of seeing the magic green outline of that assassin. You do not. So I don't see him anywhere. Uh, so that means he's either a thousand feet away, probably went out the other side. Or is dead. So both of those are kind of solid options because I, you know, <laughs> we're far away from him. <laughs> well, hey, so much for sending a finger back. 
Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I thought about sending his whole head, but uh, oh, with the mask, oh, that'd be spooky. <laughs> Philomena goes, "God damn, you're, you're, y'all call me crazy." <laughs> you all breathe a sigh of relief as you see in the distance the sun setting behind the Sheer Tooth Mountains far to the north. You are on a craggy outcrop, sort of in the mountainside, overlooking this broad valley. In the valley, you do notice a large area of it has collapsed. Like a mudslide? Or like, like a rock the slide? ground itself has just, like a sinkhole, has fallen into itself. Palomina, uh, has it been like this since last cracker, and is this new? She says, well, I, and don't quote me on this, because I've lived underground for a few years, but last time I checked... That wasn't a sinkhole. That was the town of Ford Falls. Ooh. Did did we somehow destroy a whole town without meaning to? I don't know that that was us. Now, normally I'd say let's head to the nearest town and get our bearings, but the nearest town is now very far underground, so I don't really know where to go next. Does anyone have any idea where we are or where we should be headed? We could always ask the locals. All right, Falamina, I know you've been, you know, living in a cave for quite some time. I have. Do you know any other local village or town or somewhere that we can go? Well, there was Fort Falls. <laughs> there is there. now no longer Fort Falls. <laughs> so what's next? That's that's true. <laughs> <clears throat> there is the town of Providence that way. And she points sort of straight ahead. So Ford Falls lies a little to the south. She points straight ahead. So it would be sort of northeast of Ford Falls. Are we talking like a 10-minute Moses situation, or is this a big old day-long trek in the morning kind of thing? Now, it's been a few years since I've been out of the mines, but from what I remember, it is maybe, uh, it's a couple hours by horse. Stump just kind of looks out into the wilderness and yells, Hey, Jim! <laughs> Jim, is that you? Oh my gods, it's majestic, the connection between you two. <laughs> if you roll a nat 20, Jim is here waiting for you. Do it. I dare you. But if it's a one, something has happened to Jim. Just Jim's skeleton laying outside the cave. Well, it is neither a 20 nor a one, because that was a two. <laughs> which is right next. Oh, I just rolled a net 20. <laughs> Why would you do that? Just for shits and giggles. Oh, devastating. You know what? The hey, pony mystery hey. continues. For that nat 20. Don't give, don't oh give me God. that. No, no, don't no, no, no. give me that. No, no, no. I was just going to say, for that nat 20. Somewhere in your heart, you feel Jim's out there somewhere. Just <laughs> a whiff on the wind. He's not right. here. He's not here, but he's safe. <laughs> well, it seems like y'all have a real spiritual connection, so I'm sure you'll be able to get hold of him soon. I did abandon him, so he might be feeling a little, uh, you know, a little disheartened with me, so I don't really blame him. Oh, yeah, he might be a little upset with you. <laughs> Does anyone have an actual 
suggestion for how we might expeditiously get to our destination? It might be a fair idea to just take a to camp for the evening and then head out tomorrow for to Providence. Yeah. Just because, uh, I mean, it's the end of the day. I do suppose all of our enemies who are pursuing us are now very crunched, so we're probably not in too much danger out here. Philomena, did anybody who fell survive the Crackerin last time? I mean, I, I would just hate to leave Ford Falls altogether thinking there might still be folks down there alive. Uh, she starts to think, and then Mordrick, who has been silent this whole time, says, The f- original Crackerin was an accident. What happened, Mordrick? Was this one very intentional? My men and I were miners when Ford Falls was at its height, when it was known for mining. We were blasting a section of the canyon, and I think a part of our blast reverberated off of something, shattering the mine and collapsing the tunnel. We were stranded for days underground with just each other. The whole time I was trapped, the only thought that was keeping me going was to see my wife and to see my son. And when we finally left the tunnel, only to find Ford Falls had half collapsed because of us, and to find that my home was gone. I had nothing. In my despair, I returned to the tunnels and sought to find what had happened. And that was when I found the door. And it promised me I could see them again. And now I've destroyed the rest of Fort Falls. I'm so sorry. Was there any sort of, any level of awareness on your part of what you might be doing? I knew the risks, but if the door could bring back my family, then it could bring back anything. Ford Falls might collapse, but if it could just bring them back, then what would we lose? Right, so then life becomes less valuable and death becomes less dangerous. What did you have to do in exchange for getting everybody back? What did you have to give the door? What I saw, what it showed me in here, and he points to his forehead. It showed me itself opening and my family behind it. And now... It's gone, too. Buried under a graveyard that was my home. That pendant, what does it do? I don't know. Helped you Does it open the door? Oh, one second, Stump. Uh, Mordrick, hey, look, I don't want you to take this personal, but I'm just going to tie your hands behind your back real quick just to make sure everybody stays safe. That seemed a little intense. Uh, But you go on ahead and ask your question, darling. It's okay. He, he shakes his head and he goes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, you kind of got this wild-eyed cult leader thing going on and we just want to make sure that we're all safe while we have this conversation. He, he nods. Oh, yeah, it's just a precaution. Matter of fact, though, Stump, I do think we'd all like to know a little bit more about whatever 
pendant or, or amulet this fella in the mask was willing to kill you for. Oh, boy. Uh, so this seems, I guess, as, as good a time as any to, you know. So I had, uh, as I mentioned before, rather uh, sordid past, and I spent a long time working for the Hazak gang out in Threed. The Hazak gang? Hazak. Casey, is this something that I might have heard of? Yes. Growing up in the Period. streets. Growing up in the streets of Threed, you have heard of the Hazak gang. They are very much the type to muscle in on reputable businesses and say, hey, your building could use some insurance. Just in case it ever uh burned down. Oh, God. Really? You moved in with them? It was uh it was a necessary at that point in my life, but I worked there for a long time, and eventually the job that got this amulet was kind of the one that broke me. It was the one that that got me out, and I I I stole it and ran. I didn't want to give it to him, and then I hid in the mountains. What made you decide to steal it? I, I mean, after working for them for so long, why quit when you did? I mean, you've seen what this door... I don't know what this amulet does. I did, certainly didn't then. But you've seen what this door does to people. So getting this amulet wasn't as simple as just breaking into somebody's house. But I was able to get my hands on it. How long ago was this? About 20 years. They've been looking for you for 20 years? They've been looking for that amulet for 20 years. <laughs> that was one damn successful game of hide-and-seek you had going there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm really good at what I do, so I knew they weren't going to find me. Well, shoot, Stump. I mean, now that they have, any ideas? How, how are we going to get you out of this long term? <sighs> I... I I think at this point, we just got to, I got to just beat them to whatever's behind this door, whatever it activates, whatever this symbol kind of represents. That's, you know. Well, presumably, whoever hired that that uh, that killer to come after you is going to be expecting a response before too long here. Oh, I, I, I'm fully aware of who, who sent this killer. And? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was their boss, Larissa Mavell. Ooh, do we know Larissa Mavell? Hayden and Salome roll history checks. <laughs> These dang do. history checks. And this is more of a like, like urban history, like like personal history. That's a twelve. Oh, that's also a twelve. Okay, with twelves, the name's been thrown out before, but you you haven't really been clued into the context very much. Mordrick, I, I did get some kind of celestial energy off of the door. But I still don't understand. I mean, you got any idea who the red-eyed god might be or or what might be behind that door or how Stump's amulet might connect to it? I only know what it showed me. And what it showed me was what I wanted and what I needed. Knowing the destruction that would happen because of it, I don't know. I don't know what it would have shown each of you, but it might have shown you what you truly wanted as well. Mm. Stump, would you mind terribly if I took a look at that amulet? 
Uh, I'd prefer if we left it, if you came here to look at it. Oh, yeah. Just keep it on my... Well, of course, I'll come to you. Um, so I walk over to Stump and uh, kind of shield the amulet from Mordrick so that he can't really see it. Uh, and looking at it, I think I just want to maybe burn another divine sense on it um, or roll something or just kind of look... See if it's connected to some some sort of religion that you already know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think Salome's just got like a connection to the divine and the spiritual. And I think she just wants to get a better sense of what it might be and what it might be related to. Yeah. I think this would be a religion check. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we are a paladin who is not proficient in religion. <laughs> While you're investigating that, I'll go ahead and start setting up a camp, lighting a fire, getting us, you know, settled in for the night. Uh, since I'm burning a use of divine sense for this, can I maybe add my proficiency bonus to it or something like that? Oh, uh, yeah, the, uh, with the divine sense, like, I'll tell you what the divine sense gives, okay. and then I will, anything extra is from the religion. Great, okay, um, <laughs> the religion check was bad, it was a six. <laughs> okay, so you, you sort of hold this amulet, um, and it radiates faint celestial energy. Very faint, very faint, not near what the door was. And... With a six, you look at this amulet, and you see this these sort of, like, engravings around the edge, and you, you don't recognize this writing. Mm. It doesn't look like any religious text you've ever seen. It doesn't look like any language you've ever seen. Stump, did this amulet ever reach out to you like the door did to Mordrick? Or, I mean, you ever had any strange responses from it? I guess I never really thought to look at it too much until right now, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. but Just kind of put it in a lockbox and leave it alone. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, did, <laughs> I thought if I if if someone wanted it that badly, that it probably would be better to not look at it too much. Yeah, shoot, you're probably right. I'll tell you what, though, you got more resistance to temptation than I think I'd ever have. <laughs> but uh, now that we're here, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ritual cast identify on this. Oh, perfect. Remind me what identify identify does. Everything. <laughs> Tells me every single thing about it, what it tastes like, what it feels like. It doesn't taste great. It tells me what would happen if I stuck it in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> stump, stump, you stick this amulet up your butt. Oh my god. <laughs> and this is where all of our listeners stopped listening yeah. to Machine High Five. Wait, I haven't ritual cast anything yet, so I need to describe how I ritual cast it. Yes. Oh yeah, what is it if it's not putting it in your butt? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Stump, uh, as he gets ready to ritual cast identify, takes a vial of, of a liquid off of his bandolier, pops the cork, and just kind of starts to smell it as you see like vapors come off of this vial. And then corks it back up and then kind of waits about, you know, 10, 11 minutes for it to kick in. I feel like Hayden is striking the flint and tinder, trying to get a fire going. And is just like staring over its stump as he slowly <laughs> gets higher and higher and goes, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing right now? Oh, yeah, this is a genius at work. <laughs> so you are studying this amulet. As your identify sort of soaks through this amulet and brings it back to your brain, a couple of ideas pop into your mind. Identify in this situation is less like a textbook definition of what it does and more it displays things that it can do. 
and you get the image of a key unlocking a door. But you also get the image of a map laid out on a table. And then, last, you get the image of a pauldron, a signifier of a commander. Is that what pauldron means? A pauldron is like a like a shoulder armor that is decorated to no. identify a captain or a commander in an army. Do I get any sort of probably not, do I get any sort of kind of reference for who this commander could be or no. or anything? Just that this like just the idea that this is a sigil of You get the idea that this is a signifier. Okay. That this is that this this is a symbol of rank, that it is used to show authority. Do I get any idea of how to activate the map? Yeah. Or how to... Yeah? Ooh, okay. Let me get my notes back out. In the center of the pendant is a small red circle. You have an image of your thumb being pressed on that circle and it lighting up. Everyone, I need you all to step back real quick. Uh, We're going to try something. How far back are we talking here? I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 feet's probably okay. Yeah, you know, we thought 10, 15 feet was probably okay last time. I'm, I'm going to step 30 feet back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'll take Mordrick with me uh, just to make sure that he can't kind of see what Stump is doing. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Mordrick, come here. Uh, let's let's look away from Ford Falls. That's all a little traumatic. Let's look over here. Ooh, look at this large rock. I'm going to see what's going on on the other side of this large rock. I'll <laughs> click that button. Okay. You place your thumb on that center light. The light glows, and then suddenly you see a line in the air that seems to come from nothing. And then around that line, mountains grow out of nothingness, and you see that line traversing across an imaginary landscape. This landscape is unfamiliar to you. I think it's safe, everybody, if you want to look. <laughs> Didn't explode. Hayden wow. peeks their head out and goes, oh, yeah, uh, there's nothing interesting behind this rock. I just want to make sure I checked it thoroughly. Oh, what is this? <laughs> this is amazing. Where is this? I have never seen this place in my life. But to be fair, I don't think I've spent that much time out here in the Badlands. So, I mean, you know. I, I grew up out here. I've never seen anything like this. Does it look like... Does it look like a unique set of mountains or does it look like... It looks like a unique set of mountains. Okay. There is a glowing point where the line starts that is flashing. You assume that that is where you are currently. The mountains that surround that are not the landscape that is here. So this is either very old or very wrong. I'm going to lean towards very old. I mean, it almost makes me think of... My mama used to talk about other planes or, or, or like another layer on this one. Like another amulet has, you press the button, you need multiple amulets to show where everything is. Oh, like this is a map of another plane. Yes. And not the one we're like, standing on. Yeah, like, like, like we're in the same house on a different floor or something like that. So like if we had gone through the door, this might be like what the other side of that door looks like. I mean, yeah, I kind of wonder about it. Oh, I, I forgot. To, it also is apparently a key. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, oh, maybe don't tell Mordrick that. 
<laughs> yeah, are, is this conversation being had out in the open with everyone involved? I think we're all kind of out here. I mean, I don't think I can hide this. <laughs> I mean, Mordred's floating rap. It's it's more of a question of whether or not you say that it's a key directly in front of him. All right, friends, I want to uh, bring up the topic that uh, I'm sure we're reluctant to bring up at this moment, but what are we going to do about Mordric? I mean, his usefulness has uh, somewhat run out. We need to know what we're going to do with him. I mean, he's not really a danger to us anymore, so why don't we just kind of find out what he wants to do? I mean, he probably wants that amulet off your neck. Well, he's not going to get it. Uh, we almost killed him once. We'll do it again if that happens. Yeah, I'd like to try and figure out if this door has been manipulating him magically or just kind of you know, emotionally. <laughs> I mean, if we can get him to a point where he's not trying to rob us, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I'd at least like to try and find out what kind of power that door has over him. I don't know if y'all have a way to do that. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily skilled enough to do it myself. Can we do some sort of... Is there some sort of... Curse detecting or magic detecting so that we can learn if there's uh, anything going on in his head. If it's a poison or a disease, I could, but I don't think it's that. Oh, wait, 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 shoot. Okay, wait, no, I might actually be able to help with something. Um, I, I think I could actually do it. I, I would just have to wait until, like, tomorrow. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, shoot, I, I can definitely do it tomorrow. Y'all, I'm so sorry. I haven't been allowed to use magic in like nine or ten years because my husband said it was witchcraft, but I can definitely <laughs> help. I just need a good night's sleep. I can do it tomorrow. Well, we should set uh, we should set up some shifts, uh, staying up and keeping an eye on things just in case people get up some sneakery. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't mind taking first watch and keeping an eye on things... Yeah, of course, I'd not think any of us would be happy to keep watch. Um, I, I do want to ask Mordric real quick, though, while we have him. Uh, Mordric, do you know whether the door was trying to manipulate you magically or, or whether it just offered you what you wanted and and you got desperate? I don't know. After it showed me that, it was all I could think about. It was and is the deepest desire of my heart. If it used magic on me, I don't know if it would have needed to. Stump, can we show him the amulet? Yeah, I guess. Uh, his hands are tied, so still leaving it on. Yeah, of course. You you can leave it on. I, I just want to see how he responds to it. Yeah. And, and I'd like to show him the amulet and roll like an insight check uh, just to see if his response to the amulet sure. seems... Magical. Let me tell you, Stump does not know. Great. <laughs> that's a 12 for Hayden. Uh, it's a 14. With a 12 and a 14, Stump holds up the amulet, and you see for a moment, there's sort of this wild look that comes over Mordric, and then you see that he is, like, straining against that. He turns his head away. He puts his head down. And he says, please don't. Yeah, that feels magical to me. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, well, we can always get confirmation in the morning. But in the meantime, Mordric, if we were to let you go on your way tomorrow morning, what do you reckon you would do? Or, or what would you want to do? I would wander the earth. Because I know, as I am now, that I am 
unfit to see my family. Well, let's let's hold up on that part at least. Look, everyone deserves their family. You've done nothing to not deserve your family. I know that I would be in the exact same situation as you if anything happened to mine. We're all persuasion. I mean, seriously, especially if you're being magically manipulated, there's only so much fault that you can take. <laughs> five. Mm. A five? I rolled three times in the last 30 seconds, and it was a three, a two, and a five. Oh, no. Oh. That is dice jail. <laughs> Mordrick looks at you and then puts his head down, and you see tears streaming from his eyes, and he says, I don't believe that. You can be unworthy. And as he does that, he sort of, like, he turns his head away as if he's just, as if he's decided. I put the amulet away, and I ask everyone, hey, can y'all give us a second, you know, dad to dad? Yeah, of course. Sure thing. I will step away, but I will keep watch from a distance and have my crossbow out just in case someone grabs the pendant and makes a run for it. Hey, uh, Mordrick, take it from someone who's done a lot of bad in their life. Like, like a lot of bad. I know what it's like kind of getting away from that. And, you know, having a family and seeing that thing that, you know, that you would absolutely give everything for. And I could not imagine losing it. So when I see that you kind of have made up your mind on what you're going to do. And I truly mean this in an absolutely supportive way we can help you see your family again a little quicker than you were trying to do before and we'll make it as quick as possible that's what I can offer you or you can do what you said you were going to do and wander and hope you find something else let me know he nods I go back to the others you think we're okay to let him go Here's the thing. I can make sure he doesn't come to us in the middle of the night. And we've already beat the crap out of him today. So I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. And if he comes back, (laughs) you know, weeks, months from now, I think power to him. Yeah. I mean, if he decides to stick around until morning, I can always try to see if there's anything happening magically. But if not, it's hard to know what else we can do for him. I have a feeling that when we wake up in the morning, he might not be around. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about killing him. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Oh. (laughs) Well, we're talking about what some people are going to do today. Philomena, what are you going to do? What am I? Your home just got destroyed. Yeah. Are you going to stay? That's true. Or are you going to go literally anywhere else? Well, okay. So I was living in that mine. And it's so funny because (laughs) I was living in the mine and before that I was living in Ford Falls. So that would normally be where I would return to, um, except I can't do that because 
everybody's dead. But even if everybody wasn't dead, I was wanted and not <laughs> carnally, you know, uh, more like criminally. I, that thought had not crossed my mind. <laughs> So, well, hey, how do you feel about Providence? I, you know, it sounds good. I've never lived in a place that I couldn't spell, so might be nice. Um, are we really letting her travel with us? Cause I'm concerned that I'm going to get murdered in my sleep or in my wakefulness. Really, either one. Hey, truly, I'm gonna get eaten by that lady. <laughs> I truly don't think she's as much of a risk as you think she might be. But hey, look, we'll keep an eye on her. If you really don't want her to come, she doesn't have to come. But. I I think it'll be okay, and there'll always be somebody to keep watch, right? Yep, sure. Let's do it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Hayden, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, did you say you were some kind of a bounty hunter? Of sorts. Uh, I have a persona that I maintain from job to job that has a certain reputation to it. Those who know what to look for will take a gander at this little iridescent feather in my cap and know who they're talking to and that I can take care of business. And that I can take care of that business discreetly because of my shape-changing abilities, which, once again, the hat provides. And I tip the hat, the feather glows, and <laughs> I still have been Ragtog the Knoll this whole time. <laughs> And I switch back over to my Winona persona <laughs> that I had when I was first on the train. Uh, Hayden, I will say that out of the corner of your eye, you do catch Mordric sort of like even look up a little bit as like Ragtog changes. You can expect that he didn't think you were Ragtog, but the disguise changing still caught him a little off guard. Oh, hey there. Yeah, I'm not the, not an old by... By normal trade, uh, I, uh, this is, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Don't worry about it. You go right on to sleep. You're fine. Yeah, that is a pretty neat hat trick. Are you doing it right now? Is, is this what you really look like? It's one of my recurring looks. Well, hey, like I mentioned before, I, I do really like it. I think it suits you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Hayden, just a point of curiosity, um... You normally just take whatever the most expensive bounty is? or Well, these days the bounties I tend to get offered are higher paying and often higher risk, but... Right. My long-standing reputation as the stranger might have been a little more open to taking wherever the pay went. I want to be more exacting about what sort of jobs I take on these days. I sort of lost the flavor for taking jobs I don't don't think deserve to be taken. Yeah, right. Well, that, that's good to know. By the way, Casey, I mm-hmm. just went ahead and rolled it and got a 17 deception check uh, just nice. in case that, you know, came up for whatever reason. Okay. Does anyone have reason to disbelieve? Hayden. Not no. not to disbelieve Hayden, um, but I'm absolutely rolling an insight check. Uh, and I think I'm okay. also going to roll a deception check of my own just okay. to kind of hide emotion. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's only a 15 insight uh, and it's an 11 deception. Okay. I'm going to insight right back at you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we're truly just standing opposite each other, having this weird, <laughs> tense little appraisal. It's a fun little, <laughs> little verbal standoff. My sure. insight is a 15. Oh, God. Salome, is there more you want to be asking me that you haven't been asking? Oh, no. I was just curious about your work. It seems like you must have a real taste for adventure. Um, and I think looking at Salome, you see her kind of wide-eyed, almost like she's afraid of you. And I think, Hayden, you get the sense that if y'all go to bed right now, she might not be here when you wake up. Oh, no. (laughs) Salome, you're not in any danger for me. And I want you to hear that. Of course. Where would I be? I could throw some truth serum on on him. (laughs) That helps. Oh, that's all right. Am I in any danger from you? Salome, you are in no danger from me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Hayden. Look, if there's any if there's any danger that's coming, it's not by my hand. I don't know why, but I feel like I like this is a, a safe place for me with you all, and I wanna keep that going. I don't get that too often. Yeah, I'd like that too. I guess I just hope if it ever comes down to it that you'll be more of a friend than a stranger to me. I mean, just for the wordplay I gotta stick around. <laughs> That was, a, that was a solid <laughs> twist right there. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Aiden. Look, I would like to keep being a safe place for you, too. I just, I truly hope there never comes a day where we end up on the wrong side of each other. And I think you can tell that that is both a very genuine statement and also a threat. I want that, too. And... Hayden's gonna head back to their tent and make a show of removing their weapons and setting them outside the tent flap before going in. And then only after going into the tent and tying up the flap so it doesn't blow in the breeze or anything will Hayden take off the hat. Mm. (laughs) I think Salome stays up for a minute to make sure Hayden goes to bed. And when they do, she just turns to Stump. Hey, Stump, do you really mean what you said to Mordrick today? About nobody not deserving their families? You really believe that? Yeah, I... I did, because... You know, I don't know what I would do without mine. Yeah. Well, good night, friend. Good night. Stump, you you stay up with Mordrick? Yeah, we just kind of have... You know, we talk, not... I ask about his family... Just kind of, you know, have a have a chat. I think after a while, Mordrick opens up a little bit to you and slowly gets used to you being there and realizes that, like, you're not going to leave. And he tells you a little bit about his family. Um, I also, before this rest, ritual cast alarm around where we're sleeping. (laughs) 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 Gotta remember to do that. Just having this sweet conversation, just ferreting around with like jars and stuff. I'm like sprinkling powder and poison together to make a a chemical reaction around in a 20 foot area. Just casually asking about his dead family. Yeah, so what was her name? Uh, oh, that's such a nice name. Where'd they go to school? <laughs> no. Tell me about your mother. <laughs> oh, just random stuff strewn about the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you set up alarms. Mordrick opens, opens up a little bit. He talks about Ford Falls. He talks about his life before 
everything changed. Um, he talks about how his men were sort of a second family. And he says, I've given it some thought. And I, I need to make things right before I see them again. I need to find a way to redeem myself. I need to find something that can make me whole again before I see them. And so I thank you for your offer, but I'm not ready to cross that river yet. And know that while there is a part of me that wants so desperately to take that pendant from your neck, I will not. Does your group head to Providence tomorrow? That's the plan. Beware the elf. I really appreciate uh, the heads up. Is there, uh, this is the second time we're hearing it today. Is there any other, anything else that comes with that? Like oh, what they look like? He, you know, just a little more like specifics about the elf. I don't know his name. He came to us in the tunnels. He called himself the elven man of Providence. Providence. He said that he could secure us a means of opening the door. He told us where to be and when. I don't know what he wanted, but if if he caused all of this, if he gave us a means to to do this, then I don't know what he would do to you. Well, whatever he thinks he can do to me, I can do worse. I appreciate the help and the heads up. Are you gonna join us or are you gonna are you gonna be here when we wake up in the morning? Leave me here. I will either escape these ropes or I won't. Oh, I mean we could definitely I mean maybe not tonight, but tomorrow morning we could definitely untie you. He shakes, his, he shakes his head. Leave me. This is the beginning of my journey. You're a good you're a good dad. Oh, he breaks. <laughs> he just he just he just breaks. Um, Stump, you stay up a little longer. You change shifts eventually. Long at the end of the night, each of you hear Mordric sobs. Oops. <laughs> eventually, eventually they stop. And in the morning when you wake up, he is gone. Mm. And that is where we'll pick up next time. So intense! Mm. <laughs> I figured something out and I have to sit on it till next time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to episode four of Mage Hand High Five. If you're still listening to us right now, you get a cookie. Thanks to Jacob Kersner for our orchestrations and Shane Smith for our logo and cover art. Check out our website at www.magehandhighfive.com. Look for us on our various social medias. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on Discord. Wherever we may be, we will be there at Mage Hand High Five. Go to your podcatcher of choice and throw a five-star review our way. You truly have no idea how much value it is to us when you do that. Um, and we're still a scrappy little insurgency and we need all the help we can get to grow. So please, please tell your friends about us. Tell your enemies about us. 
tell some random person on the street if they have a D20 pin on them or something that indicates, hey, I might be interested in a new third favorite D&D podcast, go hound them, chase them down the street and tell them all about Mage Hand High Five and use the hashtag MHH5 when you do it. And hey, how about a high five?